0: hey this is andy
1: and this is chelsea welcome to hugging and learning the podcast on which we re Whatever we want, and talk about what it has to teach us today.
0: Whatever we're watching today is... <laughs> ALF! Yeah! Uh, yeah, ALF! ALF! <laughs> Wah! Uh, the episode is called Pennsylvania Six 5000, Season 1, Episode 4, aired, uh, first aired October 13th, 1986, and was written by Donald Todd. Which takes us right into, you wrote what, Donald Todd? You you, you wrote what? That's a good good name to be uh, outraged about. You wrote what, Donald Todd? Donald Todd, you put that pencil down. Don't you write that? I'm
1: imagining Donald Todd as one first name, like Mary Kate or Mary Sue. So his it name was like well.
0: Donald Todd Smith. Hi, I'm Donald Todd LaRue, and I'm running for this very unimportant state office. It's hyphenated Donald Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Todd Masterson here. Uh, where my button? It says DT for me. <laughs> DT, Donald Todd. What? Is that a thing? I Donald Todd Franklin, anything.
1: DTF. That's
0: what the button says. What do you want? <laughs> 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 oh, fantastic. Uh, down to fantastic. Uh, Donald Todd, uh, he wrote what? He wrote an episode. He wrote several episodes on the show, <laughs> Misfits of Science, which I can't what? say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't say without my my mind going, leo! <laughs> Misfits of Science! <laughs> this was a thing. Back in the 80s where it was like, what if some kids have some scientific know-how and they get in all sorts of adventures? Then it's like, it's educational. like weird science. Yeah, and then they just like piled all those kids into a a big gooey ball and out of that was born MacGyver. (laughs) Uh, The (laughs) synopsis for Misfits of Science is the adventures of a team of misfit superheroes who fight crime for a scientific think tank.
1: What think tanks don't fight crime? Those are two separate
0: (laughs) things. They influence politics incorrectly. That's what think tanks do. Uh,
1: Think tanks tanks don't do action. Those are the separate. It's the opposite.
0: You want to go to the action tank for that?
1: Yeah, (laughs) which is
0: just a tank, by the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a Panzer. The action tank.
0: So dumb, Todd. Uh, wrote this episode and hear me out on this title because it definitely looks better when it's written down <laughs> than when it's said. But either way, it's shit. The title is called Sonar and Yet So Far.
1: Oh my god, I know
0: fuck oh. that title, right? <laughs> Sonar Todd. and Yet So Far. Oh, Here's the synopsis Donald of Sonar. Todd. And yet so and yet, far. So far. There's an ellipses there, and I will respect it. Uh, Elle's friend, Eddie's closest friend, is Donald the Dolphin. Wait a second. I just realized. <laughs> Wait, is it Donald <laughs> Todd the Dolphin? <laughs> Fucking. I don't put my name into scripts. I'm not like, what is this adorable? Surreal.
1: That's a thing that we don't talk about enough with um, pride and prejudice, the fact that Jane Austen named the prettiest sister after herself. I feel like I need to mention that more.
0: Should we start doing that more often? Who's this handsome devil? <laughs> His name's Andy Fig. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Donald the Dolphin, uh, okay, so El's, <laughs> follow it home, El's friend, Eddie's closest friend is Donald the Dolphin, with whom he can communicate using electronics. Hold on.
1: Oh, I thought you were say ESP, but it's electronics.
0: It's Misfits of Science, not Misfits of Pseudoscience, right. <laughs> which is another show <laughs> that I'm writing. It <laughs> stars on, Yeah, I was going to say, can we just all the episodes named, of that? Yes, yeah, a, a handsome misfits scientist of named of Dr. Andy Craig. Uh but when Donald produces a picture of a skeleton and two flamingos deep underwater, things get very dangerous for them both. The end of synopsis. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I read it three times. Don't make any sense. But when Donald produces a picture of a skeleton and two flamingos deep underwater, things get very dangerous for them both.
1: If you just take the two flamingos out of that, Don't need it. I
0: Don't need I, that. I get it. Are they are then you're forgetting all about a dead body. You're like, wait, but are the flamingos no, no, no. dangerous?
1: <laughs> Why what? are they underwater?
0: Why are there only two they're of them?
1: They're birds.
0: How are they doing down there? <laughs> <laughs> they're dead. Clear they're dead, right? Are they or do they have like a little flamingo submarine? The that oh, Beatles song man. that I love so much. <laughs>
1: flamingo submarine by Donald Todd Parkintel Mulasky.
0: <laughs> that's donald todd when it's gotta be quality it's gotta be donald todd <laughs> 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 this, is, <laughs> my, for this is my
1: giddiest you wrote what that we've ever had
0: it's it's ridiculous in every sense of the uh all of the words so that was uh you wrote what donald todd
1: oh <laughs> um also before we get too far away from the episode details you can watch hmm. alf on amazon prime video which is free that's... it's free with ads um, which is a new thing. I feel like Amazon Prime Video is doing. Oh, I didn't recently. know they were doing that. Yeah, free with ads. Okay. So, um, yeah. So let's talk about Alf. Let's we talk haven't talked. Alf. We haven't talked about Alf yet on this uh, podcast. Let's I'm really excited our-
0: because this is the first time we're talking about this show, but also this subject matter, which I'm surprised hasn't come up yet. This was such a yeah. hot, hot button issue. No pun intended. Uh-huh. Hot red I number.
1: didn't really watch Alf with any regularity as a child. I've seen a few episodes. I know the basic tenets, but I didn't. I don't really know very. I didn't watch it very much. What about you guys?
0: I I watched it quite often. I watched every. I've seen every episode, including the cliffhanger that never gets resolved or does. They made like a TV movie. Anyway. I'll talk about it. Oh, very good. Um, I I saw every episode. I owned. At least an Alf beach blanket, mm-hmm. where Alf is looking dead on at me and saying "No problem." That, that was hilarious when I was just a tiny child. Miles, yeah. what about you? Oh man, I mean between this show and Perfect Strangers, I grew up on Alf. You know, it was just—it's—it's it's like when I when I have a moral dilemma, I just you know, I, I think what. Would Alf do. Um, and I usually oh. find the answer to my, my problems there, you know, is wow. giant usually like yeah. yeah, shit the, to everybody. Yeah, it's amazing just, you're just, not in jail. The yeah. The yeah. It's amazing. You got somebody to marry you as well. <laughs> 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 well, I've never real, really revealed this detail until now. No, so. this is yeah. the
1: first time hearing about this elf as the moral compass situation. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I have a cool snack over here that I'm very excited <sighs> to share.
0: Oh, I don't have any snacks,
1: you know, how much I love s'mores pop tarts.
0: Yo, I'm are you gonna, a human being with taste buds? Then yes, you do.
1: I'm going to show you something now uh, this that isn't gonna be may great. may have replaced them as my favorite pop tarts. Okay, what? Is chocolate cupcake pop tarts? New chocolate cupcake pop tarts, and it's supposed to taste like what is? Is that a ding dong? What is no. the hostess um, brand? Ho Ho-ho?
0: ho. Ho hos. Yeah. yeah it's so even got obviously the little they couldn't. Squiggly, like.
1: Yeah, they couldn't oh. get the trademark on that. Uh, no. They, so it's not officially that, but so it's just Wait, chocolate who makes, cupcake. Who makes Pop Tarts? Kellogg's. Okay, go ahead. Right. Yeah. That just no, no, no. came to me out of my. I have my you, brain, but I'm pretty should, sure that's true. If, yes, it is if Kellogg's. If only you had a
0: box in front of you that you could look at. I don't know. I found
1: it. It's Kellogg's. Um, these are so good. I just uh, saw them at the store the other day, and I was like, why not? Uh, treat self. And yeah. uh, I'm obsessed. I'm not going to eat them right now because I've already eaten them. So that would be disingenuous. And you, can,
0: you can just tell us that they're fantastic. Thank you.
1: This is this is a quarantine uh, discovery that I'm very, very pleased with.
0: Is it quarantastic?
1: <laughs> it's quarantastic. So it's like um a chocolate cupcake with marshmallow center. Oh. But it actually tastes like that.
0: That's great. Because the marshmallows and so Pop Tarts taste like taste like marshmallows.
1: Yeah. And the the snos It's snozzberries. like Snazberries.
0: <laughs> what are they like gonna release the Snazberries Flavored Pop Tarts. Come on. I've
1: been waiting, what my are you whole waiting life. for
0: so the, that's nice, delicious. Fantastic. Thanks, Chelsea, for reminding me all the things I'm missing out on. Yeah, sorry. Gonna, you know, claw my eyes out. by <laughs> uh,
1: Speaking just of claw your out eyes
0: out. <laughs> 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 Let's talk about ALF.
1: Let's talk about ALF. So ALF ran for four seasons on NBC 1986 to 1990. The series ran 99 episodes including three 1-hour specials. Those specials were split into two, which is why ALF in syndication runs 102 episodes. Mm. The last episode was famously and deliberately a cliffhanger, which was meant to entice the network to renew the show, but it didn't work.
0: It did not um,
1: Six years later, a TV movie called Project Elf was released yes. to tie up the loose ends of the series, but true fans don't consider it canon. Notably, none of the uh, original actors returned for Project Elf.
0: Yeah, if I'm not movie. mistaken, it's just Alf sitting in a room with an FBI agent like chatting about shit. It's not great. I,
1: I don't know, but it's dark. Uh, true fans... It's- true fans don't believe in it sure Um, true
0: fans by the way fucking think about your (laughs) life true fans
1: (laughs) right um the title character of alf is gordon shumway a sarcastic and friendly extraterrestrial who's nicknamed alf which is an acronym for alien life form um he crash lands in the garage of a suburban middle-class family the tanner family after his home world has been destroyed and they decide the family decides to to take Alf in and keep him a secret so the government won't take him away and do experiments on him, which was a big theme in the 80s. That if you found an alien, the government was going to come cut it up, so you better keep it secret.
0: Yeah, for real. Um, Um,
1: Alf was performed by puppeteer Paul Fusco, who co-created the show with Tom Patchett. And to quote the IMDb synopsis of the pilot, Mm -hmm. from the beginning, there is no sanity for the Tanner family. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In August 2018, Warner Brothers announced the development of an ALF reboot, but those plans were canceled in November of 2018, so kind of as quickly as the reboot came up, it it crashed again, right? like an extraterrestrial crashing into a garage. So ALF uh, was notoriously a nightmare. For the human actors on the show. <laughs> yeah. um, there are not one but two mental floss articles about it. Uh, and there was a cracked article about it. And I've read about this a lot of different places. Um, so you hear that the main character of the show is a puppet. And you wonder to yourself, well, how are they going to do that? And for the first two seasons, you had a real Steevil setup where anytime Alf is sort of stationary, um, he is played, he is, a, he is a puppet operated from beneath the set by Paul Fusco, operated and voiced. But anytime he needs uh, to do a full body scene, um, there is a guy named Mihaly Mishu Mizar, Mizaros, who Oof. was the world's shortest person at the time, only two feet nine inches tall, who oh is gosh. inside the ALF suit running around. Right. So they do switch back and forth between those two ways of uh, depicting the alien. And so the entire soundstage was built on a four-foot-high platform so that Paul Fusco could sit underneath it and move Alf around. And there were dozens of trap doors cut through the floor, which created an incredibly hazardous environment for the other actors. Members of the cast had to be saying their lines and like acting and reacting in their scenes while navigating all of these holes in the floor and trying not to constantly gaze downward to make sure they weren't about to fall and every time ALF was moved to a different spot all the lighting and camera positions had to be readjusted the delays were endless the shooting days were super long Um, while a typical 30 minute sitcom takes about 3 to 5 hours to actually film the ALF cast was required uh, to be in makeup and wardrobe for 20 to 25
0: hours per
1: episode Hey, do so you that's wanna, five times as long as a regular yeah. episode of sitcom television. Also
0: an inhuman amount of time. Uh, are you ready for the best segue that ever happens?
1: Segway to go. Segway but, to go for it.
0: Here we go. But Chelsea, it turns out that all of the pitfalls weren't just in front of the camera. There were plenty oh. of pitfalls behind the camera as well. Do tell. I will. (laughs) So (laughs) I had had this rumor for a while. It turns out somebody just got something mixed up. I used to work down the street from the... uh, I'm going to lean back and really give you the impression of how big this thing is. I used to work down the street from the mansion that the creator of (laughs) ALF lived in. (laughs) It blew my mind. It's such a gigantic estate that you're like, what? This is ALF money? I don't understand how it happened. It might have been ALF slash mob money, for all I know. But uh, it's ridiculous. And somebody was like, oh, well, you know, the, the show or the movie Permanent Midnight is about that guy. It's not. Permanent Midnight is a oh. book, uh, an autobiographical book turned into a movie starring Ben Stiller that's about the, it was written by and is about the life of Jerry Stahl, uh, and about his descent into an out-of-control heroin habit. Uh, the connection here is, and why those people got confused, is Jerry Stahl also wrote on ALF. If I'm not mistaken, the connection there is that out-of-control heroin habit was happening while he was writing for ALF.
1: Oh. So I think that's well. where it's
0: gotten all confused. Um, but yeah.
1: So Alf money can buy you a huge estate or support your crippling heroin habit. Oops, um, that's the partially because Alf was merchandised to the teeth, Fuck, like yeah. you mentioned. The Alf was there was so much merch. Um, it was meant to be a show for adults, and then in the first season they realized children loved it so much that they adjusted the tone of the show. Oh. for instance Alf drink Alf drinks a beer in the pilot and then he consumes no alcohol on screen after sure. the first season because they realized how many kids were into it and then they realized how much shit they could sell those kids with Alf on exactly. it exactly
0: and then lest you lest, we, lest any of us forget there was also a, a long running if I'm in, to my memory I haven't done any research on this long running uh, Saturday morning cartoon of Alf
1: yeah and there were comic books sure. i think it was marvel released a 50 50 issue imprint of uh, and then their work trading cards uh, oh and let's that,
0: not forget about pogs alf's back in <sighs> pog form
1: oh my god it's a, um, it's a total uh, this is just a moment of trivia for miles elf was the first television show to be presented in dolby surround sound oh I was going to say, do we have no reaction?
0: I would be ironic if he didn't hear that. Um, uh, anyway, let's go Alf, to the weather.
1: Alf also Alf also appeared, even though he's a puppet, appeared on a lot of other popular television yeah. shows, such as Matlock, Blossom, and Hollywood Squares. What the fuck are we doing?
0: I remember Alf on Hollywood <laughs> Squares. Boy, it's tough to say this, but for Hollywood Squares, Alf was a little insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're in the first season of ALF, so we're still a bit adult ALF, I guess, is yeah. the thing. Season
1: one, episode four.
0: And we are making, yeah, you know, it makes sense, because we're making adult jokes. So we get into this cold open. It's the family house, very typical. We can't see any of the the pitfalls into hell uh, behind <laughs> couches and right. things like that. And ALF is watching a news show with Larry, with a, a host named Larry. Um, yeah,
1: it's like a political talk show of some kind yeah. where you can call in Call-in
0: talk show, the topic of which is nuclear arms limitations. And the guests are Undersecretary Dryden. And Sammy Davis Jr. This is a joke.
1: Oh, do we think it's like Larry King? Is this supposed to be Larry King? I think King? it's supposed to
0: be Larry King. Because Larry okay, King does that take makes calls. Sense. But this is voiced, uh, this and our other special voice later on in the episode, both voiced by... Rich Carell. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> do, do any of them sound like, hey there, it's me, Larry, <laughs> No, but you know, host.
1: anytime anytime there's a man wrestling a little person in a puppet <laughs> suit, Rich Carell's not far away. You're
0: going to get sued for saying that? <laughs> <laughs> Straight up sued. I am not a part of this podcast anymore. My name is Andy Figg I'm a famous doctor. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a the the there's a there's a joke here that it's a very um, uh, important uh, person, and then Sammy Davis Jr. Also, sure. Uh, and Alf right. calls in, and he is an old hat at calling into the show. They're like, Alf, we haven't heard from you in a while. Oh, I'm sorry. What yeah. I was saying was that the voice of Larry, the talk show host, as well as the voice later on in the episode, is not Rich Carell, who I love and respect and would never say anything about him wrestling <laughs> tiny people or children in suits, um, is uh, <laughs> they're both performed by Simpsons actor Harry Shearer.
1: Oh! Yeah. So Alf has called into this talk show... Uh, because the topic tonight is nuclear armament and he has a lot of strong feelings about this and he tells the host he has the solution just get rid of the bombs they're dangerous and the guest on the show the undersecretary person says well that's an oversimplification of the problem and starts to go into a lengthy explanation and Alf says to child Brian who's sitting beside him here it comes get the shovel like he's about to be buried in bullshit or something
0: that problem has been set up, but we need something more important to concentrate on this episode. So the daughter, right. Lynn, comes in and says she wants to use the phone, but Alf's on the phone. Can't she get her own line?
1: This is such a real thing in the 80s and 90s for teen girls, because not only did you want to use the phone all of the time, mm-hmm. because you didn't have the internet yet, cause, or, or you did, but it was like also the phone. This like is, the internet was also the phone. This is
0: 86, so...
1: Yeah, that's true. But I'm saying I, I experienced this as a as a uh in the nineties. Oh, you're too. so young.
0: Somebody's a nineties kid. I get it.
1: <laughs> but uh you also you you didn't ha- you didn't run the risk of being eavesdropped upon if you had There's your that own line.
0: For sure. Um yeah, it was, a, it was a very different time, people, where you only had one way to contact the outside world. Yeah. Landline. Yeah. Weird, right?
1: It is crazy, kind of, because she's complaining that he, Alf's always on the phone, and then Dad, Willie, comes home, and he's annoyed because he tried to call and say he was running late, but the line yeah. was tied up because Alf's on the phone, and it was like, oh, right, there are four people in this house, and nowadays there would be four phones, but... In, in well, 1986, here's, there's only the one. Yeah,
0: then Willie drops this bomb. On, well, there's probably multiple <laughs> phones, but uh, just one line. Willie drops this bomb because Lynn's like, uh, the daughter Lynn is trying to say, I want my own phone line. And Willie's like, I'll think about getting call waiting. You ain't got call waiting, Willie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What's wrong? <laughs> do you have that's gambling like, bets or something? You can't afford the that's three. also like pennies? not going to help. Yeah, it's not. I mean, the, you know, he's it's not, not going help. to to do the thing where he clicks over, because um, Alf, uh, as we find out in this episode, and which is a rude awakening to me, Alf's apparently a huge piece of shit.
1: Apparently. <laughs> yeah, Alf's uh, terrible. Yeah, so at, he says to them to sort of refocus before we ke- before we get to the credits. Mm. Uh, he says, Alf says, cut me a break. I'm trying to save your planet from nuclear annihilation. Get off my back, basically. Sure. Um, and then Lynn's like, but I need my own phone. Credits. Like, those two things are juxtaposed as equally important To this family at this time. exactly The threat of nuclear war, which was omnipresent in the 80s, and Lynn needing her own phone
0: line. See, the way you're setting it up is actually pretty clever. This episode does not do that. This episode isn't like, look at these two problems and how disparate they are. They're just like, here are two real problems. Let's get this started. Here are two problems equally as important, and we'll spend the same amount of time on both of them. (laughs) <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, at this, um, oh, also, Alf has mentioned uh, he's talking to some uh, undersecretary on this show, and he's not getting anywhere. And so the undersecretary says, you know, he's like, who's your boss? The president? Well, I'll just have to contact him. Where is he? And the mm-hmm. undersecretary is like, well, I'll just tell you where the president is right now. He's in the plane. Right. He's in Air Force One. So that's a little setup as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's that's going to be crucial. It's After the credits, we are out in the garage or basement or solarium I or something. It's
0: the garage. By the way, credits. Yeah, the, there's like a. The credits. You notice that this kid, the the kid, what's his name, Ben, Benji, Billy, Brian. Yeah. So in the credits, this kid Brian. He's wearing a straight-up newsy cap and some, like, overalls. I did notice what? that. What? His real name is Benji, so
1: it's funny that you said both. But, um, yeah, he's just sitting at the table doing his homework in a 1910s-style
0: uh, newsy Alf, hat. Alf comes by and sure. gives him a hay penny. <laughs> just <laughs> on. Yeah, so I think it's a garage. I think his his ship crashed into this garage, and that's sort of where he lives, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Willie sits down, Alf is out there and it's like an electronics graveyard. There are boxes and switches and computer monitors and antennae and speakers and wires running everywhere. And Alf's working on something. And Willie, the dad sits down and he tries to get Alf to respect the fact that they all have to share the phone. And in a family you have to compromise and share. And Alf isn't really listening to any of this because he's uh, working on a project with Willie shortwave radio trying to get it to work. And Willie mentions that it took him 10 years to build the shortwave radio. So this has all been the ordinary world. And it occurs to me in this moment that this is going to be a very interesting format for a show, because what you're essentially going to do is try to teach life lessons to, instead of a child, Mm. an alien who also doesn't understand how things work, except that this alien is like, super wisecracky mm-hmm. and kind of mean and selfish and also like seems to understand how everything works perfectly from we're in episode four yeah. he seems to pretty much he's he it. speaks flawless english he's already trying to he solve basically understands how everything works
0: yeah. i mean i feel like that's just the 80s is wisecracking x moves in with standard family and uh, they all learn lessons along the way That was that was
1: right, but this is like this is as if it were small wonder, except that the robot already understood everything perfectly and like it's just was a shithead.
0: Yeah, you're not teaching Alf any. Alf spoiler doesn't learn a fucking thing in this episode. He doesn't learn a (laughs) single lesson. He doesn't learn anything at all about anything. (laughs) At the end of the episode, he's sitting around pouting about how he's not been rewarded for getting somebody right. Look, it's just. It, it boggles my mind. This is the first season, too. So this is them. They're trying. This is full strength. Like, let's get this show. Right. Let's let's do our very best job. They're not like, yeah. this isn't seventh ends, season. Family matters. We're time traveling with pirates. <laughs> That's not this. So it, it does. It boggles my mind that it's like, Willie is trying to teach Alpha a lesson, and Alpha's just pretty much saying, shut up. Stop talking to me. <laughs> Really? I am not listening right. to you. It's like, that's not how anything works in storytelling. That's
1: just right. Also, like, why are we shielding this asshole from the government? Let the government have right. him. Maybe we could all learn something.
0: Let's He's going to turn on you us what, eventually. Let's just start dissecting him now. So that when the government shows up, he'll be all nice and dissected for them. <laughs>
1: It's really interesting how everyone in the 80s trusts aliens more than the U.S. government. I think that's kind of telling, because every time an alien shows up, they're like, I'm going to assume that this life form with whom I've built no trust will never turn on me or try to eat me or try to mind control me or try to start an intergalactic war. The worst thing I could do is tell the government about this. Or try to
0: alien fuck me. You know, that's mostly what (laughs) aliens are thinking of. They're like dolphins (laughs) like that. They're like, we love you, humans. Yep, yep, yep. We just want to do you. Look it up, people. Dolphins just want to do you. That's it. They're not adorable. They're just after you.
1: Donald Todd Margulies (laughs) will tell you that.
0: (laughs) Oh, and let's not even forget about those two flamingos who live (laughs) under the ocean and what they're after. skeletons (laughs) skeletons
1: <laughs> all right so now we have the call to we have the call to adventure alf says he he'll be done with the shortwave radio in just a moment he just needs to contact air force one and tell the president to destroy america's nukes. Right. um and then he reveals that that's how his planet exploded he's been through one nuclear war and he says it's no picnic which seems like an understatement um And then Willie's like, "But you can't get through to Air Force One. The signal is scrambled. You can't unscramble a signal. It's illegal and immoral." And Alf points out that Willie unscrambles HBO and they don't pay for it. Isn't that illegal and immoral? That's not. And I'm so close to not being able to understand how HBO and Air Force One (laughs) are the same. That like how
0: there's there's.
1: how it's just this as easy as getting free HBO to contact Air Force One on a shortwave radio. This is,
0: this is a pivotal moment in the script. This is, Alf needs to be able to do this thing, so he has to convince Willie to leave him alone. And more time is spent on Alf singing the Jetsons theme song than this pivotal <laughs> moment in the script. He's like, you got HBO, don't you? And he's like, yeah, I do. And he's like, well, you should probably leave and feel weird. And he's like, I feel weird. I'm going to leave. And that's it. That's that's yeah. it's
1: just it. Yeah. Alf really checkmates him there. He's like, "You're not paying for that HBO your family watches," and Willie's like, "You're right. That's the same, both technically in terms of what you need to do with this radio, and also morally, uh, as contacting the president." Uh, uh, so you go ahead with that, yeah. and now we are on a journey. Alf has to convince the POTUS to destroy America's nukes. This may be the most ambitious call to adventure that we have yet covered on this show. That's the only thing
0: that's ambitious about this episode. So, scene two, Air Force One. We're just (laughs) just on the president's plane now. Um, all right. And, uh, yeah, we've crossed the first threshold (laughs) and Alf manages to
1: get through to the Air Force One
0: receptionist. (laughs) Uh, I called him, uh, I, I, what do I call him here? Um, Pre- His name's presidential <laughs> associates a- is what I called them.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, I guess they're supposed to be secret service or something, but like one of them is definitely just in charge of the phone. Well,
0: that phone, uh, the, them having a phone on this plane is the most modern thing that they could possibly think. It's like Star Trek technology is on this plane to make a phone work. Yeah. And by the way... And also,
1: they can trace calls. Yeah. It's not just a standard phone. Like, it's a fancy, fancy phone.
0: So, Alf is called because he wants to talk to the president to talk to him about nuclear weapons. Uh, and we've already heard Alf's pa- plan for nuclear weapons. Just get rid of them. Um, yeah, yeah. Th- you know, simple. He just needs to tell the president that, and the president will slap his forehead, uh, eat a jelly bean, and that'll be that. Be
1: like, uh, well, if Alf says that that's what he wants.
0: Really? Um, so... <laughs> He wants to talk to the president. The president's in the bathroom. Uh, the, one of the presidential receptionists, the stewards, the mm-hmm. air hostess, the <laughs> Air Force the air One hostess, <laughs> hostess. <laughs> uh, says he's in the bathroom. And Alf says, yeah, Alf tries to tell him about, it's about the nuclear weapons, but he says several key phrases. He says, it's about the bombs. The bombs we are thinking about using. And they take it as a terrorist yeah. threat.
1: And then he says, I'm serious about this or something like that. And then, of course, they think he's a terrorist or what they say is a commie or something. Um, And then Defoe, who's the other guy, says, is this a threat? And Alf says, of course it's a threat. And he means to humanity. But they interpret that as a threat to national security. And as we know from our previous podcasts around the First Amendment, the First Amendment does not protect threats against the president. So Defoe calls the FBI. There's
0: something that's um, ballsy about this episode that I just realized. So our central problem in this sitcom is that ALF is contacting the president. Uh, he wants to solve a problem. Contacting the president makes the problem worse. Then he'll, you know, that leads us into Act Two. So what should happen is this central plot should be like this. Act should end on the guy taking out the re- a red phone and calling the FBI. It should mm-hmm. be like, get me the FBI. Maybe the audience goes, yep. ooh, and we we fade to black. Commercials. Act Two. No, our big cliffhanger is <laughs> going to have to do with Mm-mm. fucking. Uh, we really have to get back to that phone scare real quick right. before right, we do right, anything right, right, else. Right, so we
1: go. We go back to the house, and Dad Willie has made a chart of when people can use the phone. And, of course, the family hates it. And, of course, it incorporates all 24 hours of a day. Doesn't so doesn't make any sense. The mom is like, who am I going to call at four in the morning? And it's like, of course, laugh track is going crazy.
0: Also, um, Lynn, daughter Saundre- Lynn is dating somebody named Lash. So that's just a fun fact for yeah, you.
1: Somebody named Lash. Yeah. Um, Alf saunters in, peeling a banana, and he inquires, what does FBI stand for? And then uh, they explain it to him, and he saunters out. Laugh track. Doorbell. Guess who's there, Andy? It's me, Sesh Taylor from Designing sure Women.
0: Is. I was so I delighted. I am delighted. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> hello, old friend.
1: How are you? That's exactly what I wrote. I wrote, hello, old pal. Um, he and some other guy who didn't go on to become famous are FBI agents. Oh, you mean that and living asked,
0: golem of a man? <laughs> The ghoul who accompanies him? I got spooky looking.
1: There's a lot of sort of like anti-government. Everyone who works for the government, including the president, is an idiot in this episode. I mean, Misach Taylor actually is the smartest person, but he's still not too bright. The other FBI agent is a complete moron. The two dudes on the plane, the two Air Force One hostesses are dum-dums. And then later we have uh, uh, President Reagan uh, just voice, do we hear his voice? And he's a complete idiot. And so they show up and they're like, we're from the FBI. Who's Willie Tanner? And the dad's like, that's me. And they arrest him and the family is aghast. And Anthony from Designing Women tells us that this is what happens when someone threatens national security. And uh, Alf comes yeah. in and is like, whoa, those HBO guys mean business. And that's it's our, our just... big laugh
0: into act break. Also, it's <laughs> worth noting two things. Uh, number one, uh, the ghoulish guy, the, the, the ghoulish guy takes the phone schedule. He's like, I'm just going to take this random thing with us. Yeah. Don't make any sense <laughs> yeah. for a psych gag later on. Also, I spent a lot of time uh, in the last two minutes thinking of this thing to say. <clears throat> That that ghoulish guy, he's so unpleasant looking, he makes Vincent Schiavelli look like a young Sam Neill. It was the most convoluted way I could put that, and I worked on it. Oh I worked on it. I worked to make that as convoluted as possible, and I feel good about it.
1: Oh my god.
0: I was like, Vincent Chiavelli looked like Tom Selleck? Nah, too on the nose. <laughs> Young Daniel. there we go anyway that was what I did with my time while we were doing a podcast
1: <laughs> so we cut to Kate visiting Willie in jail they've of course figured out that this is all Alf's mm. fault but how do they exonerate Willie without telling the cops that they're harboring an alien? Central conflict of the series. Alf creates a problem. How do we get out of it without revealing that we have this alien here? Hey, I had a thought, which is, you know what would be super convincing for the president uh-huh. to disarm the nuclear bombs? Would be to show up with an alien at the White House and be like, here is an alien who has lived through the nuclear annihilation of a planet once before. He would like to tell you some things. So you maybe think if just, really wants... Everybody would
0: just pull out scalpels and start cutting him up right then and there.
1: I think we could try it. I think we could... I think that alf is maybe the only like the most convincing person to go to try to like talk about nuclear disarmament and concealing his identity and pretending to be just a regular american is not actually helping his no cause. Not, not at all anyway
0: just a thought uh, no this is a solid point uh and you know then fucking two birds they might take alf and we'd never have to hear from him again
1: um, <laughs> this is one of my. By episode four, every actor on the show is like, "How do we
0: get rid of <laughs> this puppet?" By by <laughs> by act two of this episode, I'm wondering how to get rid of Elf. <laughs> it's not. It's it. it like the point is, this has not held up. It is really obnoxious i don't know why any of us liked Alf ever
1: it's the it's the bart simpson it's yeah. sort of irreverent like sticking it to the man kind of thing that like we uh, for some reason that was so popular maybe because the man at the time was fucking reagan
0: so. one of my favorite things uh in sitcom history ever happens here at the beginning of this act which is we need one character to say one line that sums up everything. And let's start it with, I can't mm-hmm. believe that. And so we have Kate, the very first line is, I can't believe that Alf called the president.
1: <laughs> and then, and then it's, I guess it's just in. And then they both recede. As though they fully believe that yeah. because they have to sure. believe that to proceed. Well, I think it's more so that if
0: anybody is like, Oh no, I missed the first act of Alf. How am I ever going to, Oh, that <laughs> character told me what's going on. Okay. I'm in it now. Alf called yep. the president.
1: Short recap. That Alf,
0: he is uh, lovable somehow.
1: <laughs> last, last act on Alf. Um, so Kate, the mom is like, I'm going to read you exactly what I yeah. wrote on my notes. Kate says they have to figure out how to tell the truth without implicating Alf. Is she a lawyer? I'm not going to look this up, but I bet she's not. And that would have been a great character choice. Nope, she's not a lawyer. She just went to find the lawyer. So (laughs) I was like, whoa, what a great character choice if the mom is like really good at talking around things and like manipulating facts and like making a case and like finding the nuance around words because she's a lawyer yeah. that could be so useful in trying to harbor this extraterrestrial for four seasons, but no, she's not. So Anthony uh, yeah. from designing women comes over and says he needs to talk to the alleged trader alone. And he has the phone chart that dad Willie made in the first act and he pulls it out and he says, all right, I just need you to tell me who are all these people and why are they on the phone all the time? And I was like, that's a solid spreadsheet based joke. Yeah. Because. Uh, you know, we don't get many no. of those, so I'll I'll take them where they, that where they come. That we refers
0: just to you, doesn't it? We, I I <laughs> it's true. Chelsea, do I not get enough spreadsheet jokes. <laughs> if only they had a three-ring binder joke that I could <laughs> die happy.
1: Back at the ranch, Alf is watching a uh, tape that he made of yeah. Willie's arrest, which has apparently been on Great. television. So his life is ruined now. Um, He's,
0: you know... Yeah. Yeah, 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 He's he's been arrested we, for threatening the president of the United States.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's been arrested as a terrorist uh, uh, for treason, however you want to phrase it. Um, and Alf doesn't seem to even care. He's rewinding. He's watching with, with child Brian. And he's like, I thought Willie might like to see this when he gets out of the slammer. And it's like, oh, OK. So Alf fully understands the repercussions of his yeah. actions. He knows how jail works. He knows how public shaming works. He just it just doesn't care. So Daughter Lynn is like, Don't you actually get what's happening? You are vastly understating the stakes here. Do you not even care about my dad? And Alpha's like, Lynn, this is episode four (laughs) of season one. I am devastated. Obviously. I deeply care about all of you. And she's like, You don't seem like you care at all. Um, and Alf's like, you know what? I care so much that I have a and plan. I am. Uh, it just it involves it involves contacting the president yeah. again. And since only children are present in the scene, no one objects to this plan.
0: Not only it would have mattered if there were adults who could have objected earlier. Also, it's worth noting that Alf has a plan to get Willie out of federal prison. <laughs> And he's going to get to it when he has a second. (laughs) Right,
1: right, right. After he watches the tape of The Arrest a couple more times. After I revel
0: in your human misery, which I feed on like so many cats. Like so Uh, many cats. Alf eats cats. Yeah, they don't don't do that in this
1: episode. Yeah, but he eats cats. And they have a cat conveniently. Um, So now, even though we have a fair bit of this episode left, we are already approaching the inmost cave. Um, Because (laughs) if if the whole point is that ALF has to talk the president into destroying America's nuclear weapons, then the minute he talks to the president about that is the, is the Supreme ordeal. So we're Mm -hmm. now approaching the inmost cave. ALF again makes contact with air force one, Which confuses Hogarth and Defoe, the uh, Air Force One stewardesses, because they know they've already caught, quote, caught him, caught the guy. Willie's in prison. And so they're like, how is he calling again? Um, And so they put a trace on this call. And Defoe is like, "Uh, no, you can't talk to the president. And Alf says he's going to hang up. And because they're tracing the call and they want to keep him on the line while they trace it, Defoe puts him through to President Reagan, after some quick jokes about how Reagan's so dumb that he can't figure out how to use the phone.
0: Yeah, and what a weird uh, tactic. Uh,
1: and we got someone doing a Reagan impression. We got a Harry Shearer doing a Reagan impression. And Alf says, I know you're a busy guy, so I'll make this brief. Willie's in jail. It's my fault because I want to talk to you about your bombs. And this is actually kind of funny. You're yeah. shaking your head, yeah. but I think I'm it's
0: shaking funny. shaking my head Reagan about says, all of this.
1: Reagan, quote Reagan, says, oh, you're not going to bring up the Bonzo films again, are you? I was under contract, which is a solid resume-based joke. Um, and Alf's like, no, not those bombs, the nuclear bombs. Um, so, uh, of course, Ronald Reagan was uh, an actor, and the Bonzo films were a series of films that he made with a chimpanzee. Yes, um, back so, in the day
0: when that, was, when that was the fashion of the time.
1: When that was the fashion. We've talked about chimpanzee-based films. Oh, yeah. uh, Humor on this podcast. Um, and Alf's like, no, no, no. You, you, I'm talking about nuclear bombs. We've only got one planet. So why don't you and the Ruski ease up a little bit? At this point in 1986, the Cold War has been going on for almost 40 years. But I would wager that this is yep. our country's first puppet based attempt to resolve it.
0: <laughs> you would have to do research on that. <laughs> You're gonna have to do your research on that. No,
1: no, no. I'm gonna go out on a limb and, uh, and assume this is the first time a puppet has tried to solve the Cold War.
0: Uh, I don't 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 think I don't think so. I don't think so. We've had a lot of puppets in American history, mm-hmm, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you're trying to tell me your howdy duties. <laughs> your howdy's uh,
1: duty. <laughs> your howdy's duty.
0: <doody. laughs> you're trying to tell me the gallery's peanut didn't <laughs> watch an interest. I feel like at one point some puppet somewhere. Oh, playing what a good King Friday and all them puppets probably said something about. There's oh, Mister Rogers. There is a whole week-long thing about uh, Mr. Rogers did a week of episodes about nuclear war, what it means, uh, how to feel about it, what to prepare about, and that sort of whole week of episodes about that. Okay, so but I, there's a difference between
1: there's a difference between preparing the citizenry and the puppet talking directly to the quote president about how he and the Ruski should cool it.
0: All right. All right, I don't I just you know what asterisks on this episode <laughs>
1: asterisks. we'll do more. we'll We'll get back to you with once we uh, do research sure. on this. No, we won't. So that's that. the supreme ordeal. That should be the end of the episode. Alf did the thing that he set out to do, yep. but, I guess that dealing with the consequences of everything that he's done is going to take us longer than usual, so we get a whole chunk of
0: rewards consequences that's like you, you won't the last six
1: that, minutes or something of the episode.
0: You won't consider that the road back, Chelsea?
1: Well, a little bit of it. Just the last little tag is the road back, I sure. guess. Yeah, well, no, it might be the road back, a, dealing with the heal. forces.
0: Yeah, he's going to heal his up. community by getting his citation father back.
1: Right. So, okay. So we'll call it the road back then. Yeah. So this is a substantial road back, like more time than we usually spend doing the act three of the hero's journey on a sitcom. So Alf has done the thing he meant to do, but he's created this problem of A, Willie's in jail and B, Reagan tells Alf, we're sending someone over to deal with this right now. So the the FBI are coming back. Um, and son Brian knows this. He's a six-year-old child. And he's like, those men are not coming to help. They're coming to arrest us. And Alf's <laughs> like, okay, great. I, good. This is all going to
0: plan. So in the FBI... A, no, he's just, like, I have a backup plan for this. It's like, Oh. oh, that, boy, was, Alf, oh that wasn't part that, of the plan, man.
1: Oh, my God. I thought that was part of the plan. Oh, no, no.
0: He's like, oh, I now understand that we're in trouble again. But I have a backup plan i guess oh my
1: god no yeah dude oh, yeah. my last my last tiny shred of like respect i had for this episode just went down the drain so was anyway it i first, thought
0: was it also your first tiny shred of, of respect? yeah because i yeah it's just the I one thought, tiny shred throughout
1: i thought the idea was like we're gonna lure the fbi back here and then they'll have to drop it because what his plan is and now, I guess the backup plan is that right. Brian, a small single-digit child, will be sitting there when the FBI agents show up and identify himself as Alf Tanner. And that then, would have
0: been an amazing plan. I don't know why they do the backup plan thing. I think they just want to be like, oh, that Alf is so clever. But they should have been like, I know they're coming. Here's what we're going to yeah, do.
1: Yeah, I wanted them to come, so then they'll see it's this has all been orchestrated by a child, and they're not going to arrest a tiny kid, and so they'll drop it. So that's what ends up happening. Mom Kate comes in in the middle of this, in the middle of Anthony from Designing Women and the ghoul interrogating her <laughs> tiny 6-year-old child while the alien hides, and she catches onto the grift pretty quickly. Um, pretty quickly. Obviously, they're not going to arrest a 6-year-old. They know it. They kind of him and haw about it and then they're they like, "I oh, no, can't it. arrest they discuss child." It.
0: Are they like, yeah. "Do we need to is this kid going to be a threat to national security? <laughs> right. They think about it. It seems like a coin flip <laughs> for both yeah, of them. And they're like, and they decide not we don't to. have handcuffs that small. so. In fact, they um, have written down here, the FBI is talking over and decide not to arrest a child. A simpler time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Kate's like, and also you're going to let my husband out of jail, right? And they're like, oh, we've got to call the president on that one. So, of course, the kid's like, I'll get him on the horn for you. Bum, um, bum, like,
0: bum. Well, no, no. The bum-a-bum-a-bum bum, 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 bum is hard to say in a matter-of-fact kind of way, <laughs> by the way. They're like, uh, she's like, don't you do it, Alf, Brian. And he says, no problem, which is Alf's big catchphrase. So,
1: Oh, I didn't realize that. I should have realized that because you talked about the lunchbox or towel or whatever. The, the beach no. towel is fine. How is no problem a catch? No problem! I Everybody says were... that.
0: Girl, <laughs> you were laughing at him simply singing the Jetsons theme song, not once but like uproariously laughing for a solid minute of this stupid little puppet <laughs> singing a, 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 a correctly singing a theme song. And you they know were what? Loving it. Some problem. I have some problem with this catchphrase.
1: <laughs> now we get to the return to the ordinary world. Mm. Uh Heal the community. The family is all back together. Willie's out of jail. It's some mm-hmm. some time has passed because Brian has been sent through the mail. A commendation from the president, a plaque stating that he's being honored for exposing gaps in national security and for his dedication to world peace. And then we have another quick joke about Reagan being an idiot because he can't remember where he grew up. But I was like, this is this is um this is a bit of a catch-all trope in TV and movies where someone does something to threaten national security, and then the government covers it up by being like, well, we're glad that you showed us the gaps that existed in our national security, yeah. which. Just like, I can imagine robbing a bank and then having the bank manager be like, "Thank God you revealed those gaps that we yeah. had in our in our bank security." Oh. It's like, no, no, no. When you violate the gaps, you get punished. If that you were the see case, that handsome,
0: then... you didn't see that handsome plaque they gave to Edward Snowden, <laughs> right? <laughs> you remember? Full. Yeah, you remember. Good job. This country loves whistleblowers. Sure. There's oh, more whistles. <laughs> keep uh, keep so, on. <laughs> Here's a mind-boggling part of this is his parents who I guess between the last scene and this one fell on their heads <laughs> uh, are doting doting on this child like he's done fucking anything <laughs> they're like you got a plaque from the president little boy look at you are so proud of you let's take some pictures it's like
1: it's like this didn't really happen you guys were there when it anything. didn't happen you it's not like they it's not like ALF also fooled you. The kid, All it the kid did was lie to the FBI for three minutes.
0: You know what I want? I want to rewrite this. Here's what I <laughs> want to rewrite it. It's the family sitting around, and Willie comes in, and he's like, oh, I've got the mail. That's how he, oh, just a pretty good Willie impression. I've got the mail here. Uh, it's turning into old man. And he sits down at the table, and he opens up the package, and the mother's like, what you got there? And he's like, it's a plaque from the president about national security, uh, that he just starts crying because he's so traumatized <laughs> from the jail experience, and then it's a solid two, three minutes of the family watching him sob over a presidential plaque yes! and then fade to there credits. You go.
1: and fade to black. So... In fact what happens is that Alf asks the family to quiet down because the talk show's about to come on and he's very bitter it turns out that he didn't get thanked on this plaque and Willie's like, Oh, I'm sorry, excuse me, did I not thank you for almost ruining my entire life? And then Lynn asks about the phone again and Willie's like, You can
0: get your own line. <laughs> <laughs> again he couldn't have been crying this whole time come on no, writers
1: that's it come and, on, then,
0: Todd. and then the family
1: <laughs> and then the family takes a photo with the plaque so it's like they all have amnesia about yeah also this is episode four yeah you now fully know that Alf is gonna do whatever he wants and throw you right the fuck under the bus and There's he a doesn't dude
0: with a crude attitude chelsea
1: <laughs> <laughs> my god was that the real? No. Who is, is that we not,
0: oh, I talked about this with somebody else. I Is that really Alf? That can't this be. This is a, no 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 no. This is a phrase. <laughs> 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 Turn at the progress of this phrase in the 80s. Yeah, we're on a ride now. Just sit back, Chelsea, no, and enjoy I this. Go. Uh, so I think somewhere in the early 80s, somebody realized that rude and dude rhymed. And they're like, they started describing people as rude dudes. That's a rude dude. And then they're like, uh-oh, you know what else rhymes with rude and dude? Attitude. He's a rude dude with an attitude. And then somebody put too much into it, and this is where it all fell apart. <laughs> somebody was like, you know what else rhymes with this? Here, I've got a new banner. And they they unveil this banner that's like a rude dude with a crude attitude. And everybody's like, ah, it's too much. <laughs>
1: it's too much. It's that Eddie Izzard thing of like looking like a dickhead. You go from super cool to looking like a dickhead. One cigarette, exactly super cool. Two cigarettes, looking like a dickhead. One eye patch, <laughs> rude crude attitude. Cool. Two eye patches, rude, crude. looking like a dickhead.
0: <laughs> exactly. So yes, uh, but I'm sure every the, they did used to describe everybody as a rude crude, uh, rude dude with a crude attitude in the 80s. It just it just happened so often that I know that phrase.
1: Look, okay. I I'm not a person who adheres to the idea that the protagonist of any fictional thing has to be, quote, likable. Um, Uh Richard III is not likable. It doesn't make him a less compelling character. Walter White, not likable. I mean, you sympathize with him. He's not likable. So, like, I don't think that you have to have a a likable protagonist in your whatever. But there has to be a reason for the family to continue to harbor this being in their home. Exactly. And after this, I would be like, you can find somewhere else to live slash I've already called the uh, the men in black because
0: you just need to you're throw something totally disrespectful,
1: end. not in sort of like you yeah. make offhanded comments about my glasses. In a like, I went to federal prison because you wanted to do something and then you got me out as an afterthought because my daughter guilted you into it. Like you, you right. did not intend to get me out of jail until my daughter was like, you know what? This is, a, you know, our dad who's going to pay the mortgage kind of on thing. this
0: house that you're squatting <laughs> yeah. in? I'm definitely not going to get a second line uh <laughs> on the phone if my dad doesn't come back. <laughs> right. I looked it up by the way cuz they mentioned the the cost of another line on the phone, which was $25 at the time. That's 60 bucks today. 60 bucks a month. So, there. How
1: much is a one line these days? I don't know. To have a that was
0: back that was that was at... that um uh phone companies full power was the 80s where they were just where they were monopolizing left and right because of old uh poop talk magoo there <laughs> Ronald Reagan <laughs> uh yeah they were their full power so they were charging bajillions of dollars yeah uh anyway so so I yeah, but I think the basic the fix of the fix of this by the way to your problem and this is going to get cut out. So just enjoy it for a fun moment between friends. So a quick fix to this is just at, at the end of every episode they're like, you know, they, Alf's been a piece of shit the whole time and they're like, "No, <laughs> oh, Alf." And then like the last line is like, "All right, Alf, give us give us all your world-famous hand chops." <laughs> Fade to black credits
1: no, he's got and then you're like oh that's why <laughs>
0: that's why they keep him around yeah. he's got world famous handjobs
1: or he's got I mean his nose is very phallic the, his nose is ribbed but also wouldn't they be inter interworld wouldn't they be galactically famous
0: galactic <laughs> famous <laughs> galactically famous handjobs universally known you're, you're right Chelsea <laughs> you're absolutely right I am humbled to <laughs> be <before> you <laughs>
1: your brain just short-circuited it wasn't good i do want to talk a little bit about what the atmosphere was like in 1986 around nuclear war um yeah so this episode aired almost exactly six months after the chernobyl disaster which was also in 1986 yeah so that had just happened and and the world was just kind of getting the full scope of it um yeah now everything's fine um Nuclear warfare had been around, obviously, since World War II. The only two times that nuclear weapons have ever been used in combat are the atomic raids that the U.S. conducted on the Japanese cities of Nagasaki and and Hiroshima in August of 1945. And after those bombs were dropped in 1945, the U.S. and the Soviet Union began to pursue greater and greater atomic possibilities and advance their nuclear programs. And other nations all around the world followed suit because no one wants to be the person that the country that doesn't have nuclear weapons if the nuclear war starts. It would be
0: so embarrassing. Can you imagine?
1: It would be so embarrassing. It would be like showing up to the party without a hostess gift.
0: I don't know. Just throw something at them. Whatever.
1: (laughs) We have these cannons on some ships.
0: Just fling some bullets their way. I don't know.
1: Reagan in particular, as a president, increased military spending and put a lot of emphasis on defensive systems. Around this time... Uh, the time of this episode, it's estimated there were about 40,000 nuclear warheads in existence. Um, also, World War III nearly started in 1983. This is a thing I didn't know about. A Soviet early warning station picked yes. up, falsely picked up five inbound interballistic, ballistic intercontinental ballistic missiles coming from the u.s but luckily the commander of that station rightly assessed that this was a false alarm and didn't report it to his superiors which was like a total break with protocol because they had a fort a sort of like strike first make sure this was an actual strike later yeah um policy but this guy was like well i think the system's faulty and didn't report it and saved us all from world war three thanks um But this, yeah, thanks, Guy. This was the time in the mid-80s when kids were doing atomic bomb drills hiding under their desks at school, and there were survival guides becoming bestsellers um, and fiction books being written, and all the government agencies were issuing guidelines and best practices pamphlets and predictions on how many Americans would survive if nuclear war happened, and Hey, remember when Trump almost started a nuclear war with North Korea? That was the
0: same year that we're still in somehow. What? I know. That the same year when, was this... when we almost invaded Iraq? Oh, wait, and, what? And
1: then the pandemic
0: happened. Oh, wait. Hey, guess what you've forgotten? I 100% guarantee you forgot this. Australia was completely on fire.
1: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. you'd think there would be some sort of lesson in all of this. Uh, it just... You know, it's better now than it was, I think, is the best you can can get out of the whole 80s and nuclear proliferation. That didn't work. Uh, Nuclear (laughs) proliferation. Uh, Chelsea, say you're in the 80s, in the middle of ALF fever. I'm in the Um, 80s and
1: I've got ALF fever.
0: No, let's say uh, it is now, and you want people to understand that... uh, the thirteen thousand or so nuclear warheads in the world still a problem. You gonna show them this episode of Alf?
1: Um, what? No, no, I'm not gonna show anyone an episode of Alf ever. There are forty thousand nuclear warheads in existence in 1986. Kids are hiding under desks. Bestsellers about like how to survive. Do I show them this? No, no absolutely not. Because it also doesn't tell you anything about nuclear war or why what would happen what would be bad we hear his planet blew up but like this is a fictional creature talking about a fictional planet so if you actually i don't know what the point of this was to convince kids to call their representatives and say destroy the nukes
0: but it's also not where you're going to get your facts about it it's just sort of a thing that happens to you (laughs) Alf is a show that just happens to you.
1: <laughs> it is here's, because it's also my... like clearly this is about just this is what this actually is about is how do we have Alf do something crazy enough that Dad gets landed in jail? Yeah, and then it's how, like how do we get jail. someone to do a Reagan impression on, on our, our show?
0: Yeah, it's it. I here's how I here's how I I see it. I feel like adding Alf to the argument about nuclear weapons is like the fact that uh, in the original recording of we are the world Dan Aykroyd is there <laughs> which is a true fact he's not he's adding not anything. actively
1: making it worse but, but he's you know, not yeah, adding anything
0: there we go exactly that it's like might as well have Dan Aykroyd in there I can't think of a reason why Elf shouldn't say this I guess <laughs> right he's not he's not hurting the cause yeah He's not building a nuclear weapon, so... <laughs> All right. Well, does he say something vaguely pithy, but uh, on message? It's fine.
1: It's fine, as long as, the, as long as Lynn gets her phone line so she can call Lash.
0: Look, she, Lynn gets her Definitely phone line. Definitely is a punker. We say something about nuclear warhead, and some toe-headed little shit in New Mexico <laughs> buys a beach towel with <laughs> ALF on it. Everybody wins. <laughs> No problem. No problem Uh no problem. Uh, <laughs> no period
1: problem exclamation point.
0: There it is. That should be his catchphrase. <laughs> we got there i'm I'm still I'm still kind of on board with some problem. <laughs> no <laughs> Problem. some problem. Um, so yeah, what what did we learn? Chelsea, other than the fact that Dan Aykroyd was, in fact, in the original We Are the World.
1: I learned more about nuclear war. I learned there were 40,000 nuclear warheads in existence at the time of this episode. Um, that's about it. I already knew all the stuff about how ALF was a nightmare scenario
0: for sure. working actors. Um, I, finally I, put, I guess
1: I learned that ALF was a shithead. That was kind of a revelation to I me. I learned
0: that a lot, too. And I was like... Cause Throughout this episode, I'm like, whoa, Alf, ease up, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm like, stop just screaming at people. How about that? Willie's trying to talk to you, and you're like, give me the content pliers! And it's like, Alf, cool it. Also, man.
1: even fucking Zach Morris has the capacity to be embarrassed when he does something shitty to one of his yeah. friends and they call him on it.
0: Zach Morris is trash, but he apologizes. <laughs>
1: Yes, it's like more is this trash. Alf
0: is just kind of the s- show a soulless is soulless sociopath. Alf is unapologetic trash. That's there. I've said it. <laughs> well, apol.
1: Uh, wait, Alf stands for
0: apologetic leeching asshole, fungus.
1: Asshole leech- leeching felon. Flamingo. Felon. Technically, he <laughs> threatened
0: the president. He's a felon now. <laughs> flamingo. Under the, why are the flamingos <laughs> under the water? Do I need to find this episode and watch it? Probably gonna find this episode and watch it. Right. But you're on your own. Let me know if it's something I need. To I, look up. I'll tell. I'll tell. I'll try to tell you why there were two flamingos underwater, <laughs> if Please. I can. Uh, they are the misfits of science, and best believe they are all rude dudes with crude attitudes. <laughs>
1: I think we need to get to work on Misfits of Pseudoscience, our (laughs) follow-up series. (laughs) Someone's (laughs) trying to cure someone else
0: with essential oils. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody's like, he's getting away. Hold on, let me see what my stones have to say about all this. (laughs) No disrespect, no disrespect. Who did you want to hug? (laughs) Willie. Yeah. Um, This is pre-designing women, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you want to hug me, I mean, Chad. I always
1: want to hug me, Seth Taylor. Yeah. clearly. Um, it's also funny because it's like, oh, you're going to be on a show that actually tackles actual issues. Don't worry. Just, just hang in hang there. Hang
0: in there. Do your stupid TV phone schedule bullshit. I would also like to hug Willie because a uh, little known fact or well-known fact, I don't know, the actor, uh, rest in peace, the actor who played Willie, uh Fell out after Alf ended and picked up a really bad crack habit and ended up uh, yeah, I homeless saw that. on the streets and died pretty recently, like five years ago.
1: The rest of the family stopped acting. Yeah. Um, you're done. At this the point. kids grew up to do other things, which... It You love to see it. And then the mom became actually an interior designer, still lives in Fantastic. L.A., but is a decorator now. Good. Yeah, I think
0: it really broke them all. I think so, too. I think that it was just kind of like, that's enough of anything ever. Right. I'm going to go on to a different career or crack cane. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Cane. yeah. So that was, that was ALF, everybody. We watched ALF, and we told Oof. you about it.
1: <laughs>
0: Alf, Miles, do like you have wolf. anything to...
1: <laughs> Miles, do you have anything to share? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> just destroyed
0: yeah. his childhood. It's all coming he back. He does not care to comment. Hey, just don't watch any episodes yourself ever. Just hold it in your mind. Yeah. As just the keep it pristine in your mind. Terrific show.
1: All right. Remember well, I guess that's smile. it for this episode.
0: Yeah, let's leave. <laughs> What's that, Chelsea? Did you say, we'll see you next time? We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.
1: Bring snacks. Bye. Bye.